Medina. Life, love and laughter. I really wanted to get this guy in for an interview. Well, not really an interview. That sounds kind of cold and harsh, but for a good chat because I was sitting next to him a couple of months ago and he has got great chat. You might already be familiar with him. You'll certainly be familiar with the, his chain of restaurants, the Ashoka restaurants, Sanji Maju. Welcome into the studio, Sanji. Hello, Gina. Very happy to be here. Thank you. Before I start to, to rhyme off everything that you do, head honcho at, of course, the Ashoka restaurants. You run Apple Pharmacy. You're in the Bangra Beatles. You've got your own cookbook and cook school is there anything you don't actually do um <laughs> put you on the spot here now lap dancing <laughs> although, although I do visit them I'm just joking you good answer you like to say that, like to say that? <laughs> <laughs> my wife doesn't know we leave all this stuff in so be prepared this is the sure. raw edited version of my chatting my mum doesn't listen to podcasts anyway you know I've watched your YouTube channel I've actually right. I've watched you and your, your, your family yes on your own YouTube chat. See, I'm straight in there with the plugs for you, Sanjay. Isn't that Thank good? Thank you very much. Well, it's called The Full Booner. Mm-hmm. And it's a show that um, I'd like to put out a couple of nights a week. Yes, please and, don't turn um, off the podcast yet. Do not switch yeah. off. Stop no, not this now, not now. and go and listen to Sanjay. No, Full Booner, later on. <laughs> yeah. Later wait, on. Wait till we get to the end. You'll be a guest on that. You know, you'll be a guest on that. I'd love to be a guest on but that. But I'm building in my studio in my house, so I'm building a studio. You're going to become, I mean, you know. Oh, nice. It's all going to be a good laugh, nice cup of tea. Okay. Anyway. Uh, is there a bar? Uh, well, they can be. Okay. They can be. Come on, you run I love this show. stuff. You know, you put your headphones on, you're talking yeah. to these little black things. I've always liked that. It's bizarre, isn't it? Would you like your own radio show? Have you only come in today because you actually want your own radio yes. show? Yes. I've always, I've, I've been begging radio people for years <laughs> and they just laugh at me when I say, I'd like my own radio show. And what would it be? Here's your, be moment, here's your show. moment. I'll just do what I want. You know, talk about what I want, get some guests on, have a laugh. You know, what's that guy, what's that guy in America called? Um, uh, the, the big long nose and he's always insulting his guests Howard Stern Howard Stern yeah, oh he's my hero have you watched Private Parts yeah, very good it's how funny it's it is Private funny. Parts yeah we're sounding like anoraks here uh, right I want to sort of rewind Sanji uh, to you in the early days because you're a very successful businessman and I like to find out what really makes people tick so actually I mean how did how did you even buy the Ashoka restaurants how does something like that even happen well, it's a, it's an interesting story of, of failure. I, I couldn't get a job. I went to uni and my mum said, go to uni. And, and I thought, okay, I got So I didn't get very good hires. You know, all my friends got A's and they're like the medicine, law. And I, and I, and I went and got the book. You know, you get those little UCAS books that tell you the courses. Oh, God, yeah, I remember them, yeah. So I, I, it fell in the first page and the first page was agricultural, food and environmental chemistry. <laughs> so <laughs> I signed up. They're in them. And, and, and do you know how bad that course is? Only four people signed up for that course. There's only four of us on the course. <laughs> you know, and you couldn't take a day off. You know, they'd clock you on a day off, you know, because it was like 25% of the class. But um, I, so I did that and then um, went to look for a job and I couldn't find a job. Anyway, I tried the police. I tried agriculture, food and chemistry. I was just going to say, yeah, what kind of a job? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was trying to get a scientist job, but you needed PhDs to get science jobs in, in sort of early 90s. And um, and there was a bit of a credit crunch, and uh, you know I couldn't get a job, so I just started working in a restaurant, and pretty much with washing dishes, you know, because I had to make ends meet. I just got married that year, mm-hmm. and um, we didn't have enough money to even pay the wedding bill, so I went to wash dishes, and uh, and then you know I tried to open a restaurant, it didn't work, lost a lot of money, usual story, you know, and um, no, not the usual story. This is this is the stuff that makes you well, tick. This is the I, stuff. I think people. I, you know, I don't like telling stories because it looks like a unique situation. I don't expect people to feel sorry for me because people have been through a lot worse than I have. But, you know, I try to open a couple of businesses and 
they failed and I lost my mum's house, which was horrible. She still reminds me occasionally when, when I'm making her a cup of tea. You lost my house, my how, son. Can but, I ask um, you, how, do you, how does one lose your mum's house? Well, you secure bank funding against um, an asset. Oh, so okay. the banks were saying, well, what security do you have? And, and I opened my first restaurant at Great Western Road and um, secured it against my mum's house. And it's horrible. I don't like talking about it. But anyway, she lost her house and we became homeless for a while. My wife and I had to rent a house. My wife, my mum had to rent a house. It was just hor- a horrible time for our family. And then I went to wash dishes. You know, I, I felt as if I would, I'd failed everybody. And, and I, you know, I was happy enough just to earn 150 quid a week on six days a week, 70 hours washing dishes. And I used to give all the money to my wife because I'd failed for two years, you know, and, and it was embarrassing for me to, to have money because uh, I just felt I'd, I'd lose it. But my wife always, even to this day, has money in her purse. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I have no money. I walk about like, I need some money for something, like for a Greg's. I love I, in Greg's. I'm I'm searching about the back of my car, trying so to get my trying state to get freebies. So you can see, listen, yeah. I mentioned I mentioned Greg's on yeah. the podcast. Are you allowed to do that? They're big enough, now, aren't they? Just... So I mean, I always had a problem with money, and then and then what happened was um, I started to work in a restaurant, and then became the manager of a restaurant called the Spice of Life in Nagal Street, and that's really where I made my mark. I, I cut my teeth at seven years at the Spice of Life and I loved that restaurant. Yeah, I used to go into that restaurant. Oh, it's a great... Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of media folk that used to come in and a lot of... Um, uh, Donald Dewar was my mate. Mm-hmm. Now, me and Donald Dewar, pl- uh, we actually planned... Uh, a political um, party? No, devolution. <laughs> okay. yeah, it, was, it was actually me and Donald that did that <laughs> over two poppadoms and Spice Onions. Um, dear old Donald, who's lovely, used to come in. In fact, he had his funeral. When he died, they had it in the Spice Life in the quarter bar next door. Um, and uh, so we used to have, you know, a lot of celeb coming in and... Um, but I, I felt it was a bit of a dead end. I, I didn't want to be in a, a sort of lease situation managing a restaurant. I wanted an asset, you know, and I always in my head, I'd, I'd planted that, you know, either I, I get bricks and mortar or I get out of this business. So I approached my, my boss at the time, a guy called Churn Gill, who's a sort of Richard Branson of, of Indian restaurants. Yeah, I know Just who the he business is. world. You love yeah. big, big gold. He's, he's a bit like a black Jesus now. He's, he's got a big <laughs> white beard and goes about taking pictures of himself in the Himalayas <laughs> with his pajamas on. But um, no, I'm just joking, Sean. It's not that bad. <clears throat> but um, Sean and I, um, at that time, we, we were two big eagles. We used to sing in a, in a band together because I, I got an interest in Punjabi folk music. Mm-hmm. And so we used to be this band called Bombay Toki. And then Sean said, Look, um, you know, I said, Do you fancy selling the property? And he said, No. I said, well, I can't carry on this way. And he goes, well, just leave. So that time, he sort of pushed me. I wasn't happy, but I think he did the best thing. So I, I, I that the, the week I was planning... So you leaving, didn't hold him, because this is quite a turning point, so you didn't hold it against him. Anyone else could have sat back and thought, you've just ruined oh. my dream. I had a vision and you, you could help me out here, but... No, no, because looking back... At the time, I was a bit annoyed. But looking back, um, he didn't have to sell anything. It was it was his. You know, I I I I was annoyed at myself for expecting him to do things. So you shouldn't expect people in life to do things just because you know it's all about you. You know, you got to think of them. You have got to think of the whole picture. So looking back, it was great because um, I I it forced me out. Pretty much forced me out. I could have been stuck in there, mm-hmm. and it forced me to change direction. And uh, what I did was I I met somebody who was head of pharmacy um, intake at uh, it was. Um, uh, Doctor um, Pratt, um, I, God, I adore that woman. So she she used to um, she was at Strathclyde Uni and she was in for lunch one day. And my wife actually said to my wife and I were working lunch, and you know Jiggy, she's a lovely little kid. She's just we brilliant. Work together, teenage lovers. <laughs> yeah. Um, she met Doctor Pratt and said, "Look, my my, my husband loved to do pharmacy." And she didn't, you know. I just walked over and she said, "Look, you're starting. You're going to enrol this September." And I enrolled. I handed the keys back to Chad and said, "Look, I'm off." And uh, I enrolled to do pharmacy. And I, we were on breadline for three years. 
It took me three years to do the course. I had two kids at the time. Being a student, well, yeah, you're going back to... Absolutely, yeah. But luckily, you know, luckily, you, you don't... Um, in this country, you, it's, it's education's free. At that time, you weren't really... I was only paying four grand a year for pharmacy. And I could afford that. And I, and I you know, held down a job. And um, uh, I ended up um, qualifying. And the great thing, if you've done a 70-hour week in an Indian restaurant, which is really one of the hardest businesses to run, when you end up doing pharmacy, it's easy. You know, I was earning huge money, a lot more than I was earning before. And I was home at five o'clock. I didn't, I didn't know what to do with myself. You must be. Well, you are bright, of course you are, because to study pharmacy, you've got to, you know, you have to be... Oh, but Gina, everybody's bright. You know, see if you read a book and you decide you want to learn it, you're bright. You know, it, it's not, I don't, I don't think people are special. They're just putting the hard work. So if you, if you just go and put the work into anything, I mean, I do a million things and people Did ask me. Did you sail me, through though? No, no, pharmacy? I got a third class honours. I mean, I really struggled because I was holding down a job. I had two kids and life was tough. You know, I had a mortgage to pay. I was trying to work in the restaurant 40 hours a week. It was very, very tough. In fact, the great thing about it was that... You're still paying your mum back at this point. I, with love. <laughs> I, my mum can have whatever she wants, you know. I really, I, she's... Um, She's a sweetie, you know, she's, um, and when she comes to you the other day, she's in the restaurant with her mates, you know, and she's like, do you want me to pay? I'm like, no, no, don't be stupid. Oh, how okay. You can leave a tip. You can leave a tip. I'm just <laughs> A big <joking>. one. <laughs> um, but um, no, my mum, uh, she can get what she wants now. But I mean, ultimately at that time, um, uh, you know, when you, when you, when you, when you've had that work ethic of coming from washing dishes, I, mean, I was washing pots that were bigger than me and uh, taking the right, the rice pots are huge. Huge. So you take, you're scrambling them out, and I think what happens is you, you, you either you go two ways when you fail. One is you you can turn around and blame everybody else, mm-hmm. or um, you turn around and blame yourself and say you know, I'm going to improve. And from that day, I, mean, I used to spend a lot of time with Churn, who, who who was very smart on numbers, very smart. And the one thing about Churn was his timekeeping was impeccable. You turned up one minute late to a meeting with him, he would hammer you. And and then I learned how to do margin. So when he ran off reports for businesses. And, and to this day, you know, people still don't understand how to do a VAT calculation on a gross sale. I've seen it all the time. People, uh, and, I, and I've always said to my team that I pretty much built a business on Excel spreadsheets, <laughs> you know, because you look at the numbers, you try and analyze things, they drive you in a certain direction. And when you're in control of the numbers, you give some good customer service and a great product, you shouldn't fail. I don't think you're driven by money though, or certainly. I never I have. Yeah. I never have. It's never been about the money. I think it, it's not even about the success. I think it's about the creativity it's about the fact that people think you can come up with something good, mm-hmm. you know. That's a hell of a lot more than if, if I'd made a lot of money that week. But when you were washing, you know, pots and pans and things, you must have had a vision. There must have been something in the back of your mind that you thought, I'm not doing this forever, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, just, I, my vision was, what a twat am I, you know, I was getting it wrong. And um, I, I didn't dream, at that point I felt nothing I could do would work. And I was at the bottom and make the most of it. And what I felt, and, and I've seen this a hundred times in my life as well, that see when you let go, and you know, it's like a bit like when you throw yourself out of a plane with the parachute um, and you're not sure if the parachute's on your back. It's a bit like that, you know. Faith. And um, you know, I, 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 would, I would have the best, we'd be in a van driving up to Shoka Johnston when I was watching, I used to work in Johnston doing them, and uh, there was eight of us in the van and we were all, a lot of them were like illegal immigrants and you know, it it was like the the low end of the people. <laughs> you know, you when you, your chicken tikka masala came at a cost. You know, <laughs> and um, you know, I have a guy who um, I, I don't know if I can tell this story. So oh anyway, come on, yes, come on, tell the story. It's a bit of a rude story. Though, doesn't yeah, matter. it's okay. Doesn't yeah, matter. We can yeah, edit it out. Yeah. So anyway, so I'd lost my mum's house. I couldn't afford my wedding bill, and um, my wife decided to tell me, announce to me she was pregnant. Which um, when when everything's gone wrong in your life, and you think 
oh God, the wife is pregnant now. You know, this has been going back 25 years. And anyway, it was a bad day for me. And I don't know if I told you the story, but that day I was washing the dishes with a wee guy called Bali. And the great thing about Bali was he had no teeth, you know. But he'd always tell the fun. He looked funny when he told a joke because he'd laugh with no teeth. And he was an illegal immigrant. He was always hiding in case there was an immigration. I mean, we get immigration raids all the time. I feel bad actually to even laugh at this. I yeah. should not be laughing. I should not. This is right. He's just like, oh, that's immigration guys. Right, okay. Where's, 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 the, where's the quickest window? Anyway, so uh, Bali would always... Um, and he told me, he goes, you know, I said, Bali, you know what, what, what I've lost my mum's house. You know, Jesus, my, my wife's just told me she's pregnant. I'm going to be a dad. I've got that to pay for. And Pali said, look, um, he said this in Punjabi, you know. He said, do you know your, your, your name in Punjabi in India means clitoris? No. Yes. Now, clitoris I can say because that's a proper word. Yes. So uh, Sanj, a Sanj in Punjabi is a clitoris. So I was a... Uh, Oh, I get, get it, I get it, I get it. I get so it, I not get only um, I was the biggest <laughs> F-A-N, whatever, I'm allowed to say that. And um, yeah, I was a clitoris. And um, that really made my day. Actually, that, that was the beginning of the humour, you know, in my life. I thought, you know, it ain't going to get that bad, is it? I mean, things are all right, aren't they, for me? <laughs> Did you think so, he's, he just hit the G spot in some I'm shape big. or form? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so that's awful. So, Pali, so that, I mean, but then, then, you know, I went to study pharmacy and that was, I mean, to meet Dr. Pratt, had I not worked that lunch with my wife, I would have been, I would have been in a different position right Do you now. believe in fate along the way? No. I know you're a hard no, worker. Don't. You don't believe that things just no, happen? No, 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 they happen. I, listen, we're all, we're all result of randomness, aren't we? Yes. There's no structure to anything here, is there? But we try to make structure. In fact, you must. That's what you've studied. This stuff you should know. Well, well, how how to hold up a quarter together? How to hold <laughs> up a quarter? That's structure. Well, no. In in terms of you know having that wonderful knowledge in the pharmaceutical business that everything's it's all structure. I just try to get past my exams. You know, <laughs> oh, who cared? I mean, you know, if, if you ask me. In the pharmacy, I mean, you know, I'm the funniest guy over the counter. You know, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> oh, excuse me, I've got a sore throat, and I'm like, um, well, um, so I'm not the person. If I come in, if I come in and I see you and I say I have the cold, what do I need to take? I should not well, be asking you. It's a viral. I mean, having a cold is viral, therefore, you, you know, an antibiotic's not going to help it. Mm-hmm. So it'll take two to three weeks to go away. Why do we? Why do we all want antibiotics when we've got the cold down? <clears throat> because I think people think that. Actually, there might be an argument to say you get some sort of underlying infection after that. And therefore, um, the bacterial infection is a result of some viral infection. And people always feel better when they've taken an antibiotic. They seem to get better. Mm. But the problem is we're building up resistance to it. Yeah, I avoid antibiotics just for the record. I must admit, it's not something no, I, it's take, not good I to take. take. Them. It's not good to take them. And um, because you're building up resistance to it. So when you get a really big injury you might become resistant to antibiotics. So how did you end up running and owning your own pharmacy? Well, I mean, I qualified and I started to locum. So when I locumed, I travelled all over Scotland. I was in Thurso, I was in Carlisle. It was fantastic. You know, I was I was enjoying it. I was meeting lots of different people. I was working in Woolworths at 7 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock shift, 300 quid a day. It was good for me. I used to enjoy that. Nice work. Um, that's that's a quarter of what you get per day over here. So, um, I'm voluntary, you know, I'm voluntary. I'm working my way up to Clyde, to presenter. <laughs> So, um, I knew he was after my yeah. gig and you. Yeah, who are you looking at? Are you looking at somebody? <laughs> no, I just knew. All right, sorry, sorry. I thought we had screens here. There's cameras so, in the studio. There's a camera. So um, anyway, so um, I, I I did a bit of look and I was, I was looking at the, um, the pharmaceutical journal and there's a shop that had been for sale for a year and nobody's buying it in Saltcoats. And um, I thought, oh, I'll just go and have a look at it. And I went over to Saltcoats, walked in and within 10 minutes, shook in a deal. 
done it. Just did it. I said, what do you want for it? And they said, this much. I looked at the accounts. I said, okay, I'll, I'll give you that much for it then. And I didn't even try and haggle them. So you had money in the bank. Then we went to, I, I took them to, at that point I had the Spice of Life. Mm-hmm. Because the first thing I did when I qualified was buy back the Spice of Life, which had gone from huge sales down to tiny sales. And uh, Churn at the time, I, th- I felt just wanted to let it go. So he, he sold me the Spice of Life. And um, so I had a great life, you know, a locum pharmacist and a restaurant owner. You know, and it was, I mean, I would say 2001, 2002 was, was the best years we had because we didn't know we were going to grow into something special. You know, we only had one restaurant and I was a locum. Our finances were better. It was less stressful. I'd go in the restaurant on the weekends, have a bit of fun. There was no pressure. You know, I love that, that you still work in the restaurants, that you'll oh, be there. big style. Yeah. I mean, this weekend was fantastic. I, I, I was working, the West End Festival was on, so I was working on the Friday and I, and I sometimes hit the floor. I mean, the, the, my staff hate it. Because I'm I'm real, what's that OTC? What do you call that thing? OD when you when you're really overly panicking. OCD. 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 Yeah, yeah, I said OTC over the counter medicine. What the hell? So <laughs> you spent too long on that Would you like some paracetamol? You're checking, but a big man. But um, I, I I do a lot of walking about, making sure knives and forks are straight, tables are clean. If there's debris under the floor, I'm like, what's what's ten thousand poppadoms doing under that floor, young lady? You know, mm-hmm. sweep them up. Um, I'm 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 very you know what's happening with that table and they don't, the managers don't like it. So the boss um, is in, he's in. Well, I mean you know that's why I'm the boss. You know, you pay a million quid for a restaurant, then you can be the boss. That's how much we paid for Ashton Lane. Really? A million pound. Wow. And I borrowed all the money from the Bank of Scotland, man. Are you worth a lot of money now? Uh, no, I'm not. No, <laughs> I mean look, I've got I've got equity, but equity is only as good as what you sell. If I decide to sell tomorrow, I might have a bob or two. Do you I mean, live a lavish life? Do you drive oh, a fancy car? Rubbish. Do you? No. No, I mean, I've got a BMW 5 Cs. I don't know. Is that lavish? My waiters have got bigger cars than me. <laughs> My chef's got a bigger car than me. So you don't spend the money on lavish things? I, I'm always worried. I've got four killed children, you know, and I said children because I feel like killing them after <laughs> But um, You've got twins. You've got beautiful yeah, twins. Yeah, well, what happened is it was it, when, when, before the credit crunch, I thought I was quite rich. You know, I thought, oh, we've got lots of business. We had about 15 restaurants. We had... 13 pharmacies. You're thriving and, um, at this point. We had 11 million quid worth of debt. We thought, you know, we're, we're really good, <laughs> you know. And then the credit crunch came. And then the problem with that was that, um, well, you had 11 million pound debt and then uh, a value of 20 odd million. You had a, a value of 8 million and 11 million pound debt doesn't work with the bank. <laughs> and then you end up working for the bank until this credit crunch nonsense starts to wind down a little bit. And that's all about... Assets that you thought a lot of money, they weren't, weren't worth a lot of money. And you, you can blame who you want. I, I'm not going to get into that GRG bank argument that takes over people's lives. But you should always try and... Um, we didn't expect that to happen. We were on a very fast expansion plan from 2003. We bought... You know, we had six pharmacies. We ended up buying 12 restaurants in one go from Chud and Gill in 2005. We were growing the business exponentially. And um, we, were, we were making our mark in business. And, um, you know, when the credit crunch came, that really put a lot of pressure on guys like me who, who, who are a fine balance between value and equity. And um, the banks attacked and I had to sell off assets around about 2013. Some chunky good restaurants. I didn't want to sell this round blast and bears then, but I had to. I then had to sell you know, six of my pharmacies, mm. which broke my heart. Um, but, you know, we, we rebuilt um, quite quickly after that. And the same banks who said no to deals were all of a sudden, you know, coming back. And you, you know the stories about the umbrella one day and uh, they give you an umbrella when it's hot, you know, and um, take it away when it's raining. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, they're all still my friends, you know. Mm-hmm. 
they're all still drunk and they're coming to the restaurant. Oh, you don't like me, do you? Because I never pushed that deal through. But what I mean, what is it like though when you know you said that there, and I don't think you said that there, you know, carefree. But I just want to pick up on what you said there about you know you have to close a restaurant and you've got to tell people you know you've not got a job anymore. What's no, no, that we didn't, like? we didn't close, we sold. Oh, you sold, okay. We didn't really close anything. We, the ones we closed were where the leases were coming to an end and we gave all our staff plenty of notice. Um, but that must be, even just dealing with that must be tough. Um, no, because the staff generally in hospitality would, would jump into another job. Um, <laughs> I was more upset about um, selling my pharmacies, to be honest. Um, that, that broke my heart because the, I was really close to staff. And the staff are very close to me and um, it's quite just a bit humiliating as well. Um, and But I, at that point, I was just trying to save my house. You know, I was worried that the bank would... They had, they had enough cross-guarantees to destroy my life. And um, they're very powerful institutions, these guys. Because remember, they, they they don't go by the book. They can, can shut you down. They can shut you down. They can go and get the money to buy something for a billion pounds. They don't have the money. I mean, it's ridiculous um, how the banks work. But um, I... Um, you know, I, I, we came out of it and uh, the guys who, who even caused me a bit of trouble are still friends of mine. <laughs> and I think you've got to have, I, I say this to people all the time because you sue the bank. I'm like, no, 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 no. I, 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 people phone me all the time. I said, I'm not going to take them a whole life suing the bank. You, need, you, if you have to rebuild in a positive manner and start again and, and try and get rid of all the toxins out of your life. And you know that, Gina, you've got, oh. to, that, that, you've got to be positive about stuff. And, and that, that has really helped me. You know, I, I, so I bought a little chemist out in Inver- I, You know, I sold off most of my pharmacies. I was left with very little. The bank had taken most of it off me. There's a wee pharmacy for sale out in Inverary. It was just a beautiful little shop. Been on the market for a year and a half. And it was that same feeling I had with Solcoats, you know. So I went out to Inverary. Was up, I went with my wife and my twins. And uh, it was a beautiful day. And Inverary is the most beautiful place. That it's is heaven. lovely, yeah. It's heaven. Went into the shop and I knew straight away I wanted it because I spotted two members of staff, Margaret, who's there just now, and Evelyn. Um, they were in the shop at the time and the guy that was selling it was, you know, we tried to sell this and, you know, what will you give me for it? And I, I, I did the deal within 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> shook his hand, deal done. And I had a shop in Inverary, which I was traveling. I thought, oh, I can work out here. It's, it's doing a lot less than the other pharmacies I had, but you know something, I was happy. It was felt doing, right. Oh, it was just mm. a dream. And that ended up... And then the luck just came my way. Tarbot in the next village, which is near Campbelltown, came for sale. And the agent phoned me and I said, I'm not paying big money for shops anymore because I don't want to work for the banks anymore. I said, good luck with the next guy. And it's quite a complicated deal. It's a share purchase transfer deal. Now, these are deals I specialise in. Not a lot of people do them. What it's, does that mean? It just means that you're selling the shares of a company. And um, it means that you have to do a lot of due diligence. So you're inheriting all the problems of the company. Oh, The company doesn't close. Normally when you buy a business, you take the asset out of the company and you buy that. But a share purchase transfers entirely because people get tax relief on selling shares. And therefore, those, if you sell a shares for a million pounds and you know, you, you've spent £300,000 buying the place, then your capital gain on 700, your tax bill might only be 70,000 okay. compared to what might be in three, 400,000. So that's the best, but it's a very complicated deal. So at the time when um, Tarbot had happened, I Inveri was a, a proper non-share transfer, but Tarbot was a complicated deal. And um, the, the agents came back to me and said, look, the other guy just can't cope with it. And I knew it would be a problem um, unless a robust businessman was to buy Tarbot. A lot of people don't want to buy shops out in the sticks, you know. And I, I bought that, and then I bought Isla off the back of that as well. So we own the farms in Isla and Tarbert and Inverary. And then all of a sudden, 
from from just me semi-retiring and having a little, I'd managed to bounce back and create a small chain again. So we're back up to six, and you know, um, and yeah, I'm you know, and now I'm not trying. It, 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 people phone me all the time. Do you want to buy a pharmacy? I'm like, well, you know, no, you know. This must drive your wife nuts. <laughs> what have you bought no, today? No, it does. No, no, no. Well, I'm I'm doing a small deal today, but I mean, you see yeah, what she's, I she's, mean? But she's um no. This will be the last. This will be the last. I think I'm going to do interesting things like a bit more of this stuff, a bit more bit banger Beatles stuff. I do a lot of singing, and I do a lot of badminton. I'll you come know. on to that in just a second in terms of what, what do you actually do to switch off? You've mentioned the Bangladesh Beatles. Is that because I've watched you live, I've watched you play, and you love it. I can see yeah, you're on stage. I'm proper rock and roll. Mate. You are proper rock and roll. You don't want to go in after me. I say that to other bands. <laughs> you, you really want to put us on. Bangladesh Beatles are brilliant because I love the Beatles. I was into Punjabi folk music with Charn Gill. We used to sing in a band called Bombay Toki for 20 years. And so I had that. I had that behind me. And then I had this love of the Beatles. There's no way I can sing Beatles songs better than your average tribute Beatles band. You know, I don't wear a wig. I, you know, I, I'm 50, forgot. I can't be Paul McCartney when he was 22. <laughs> but um, I love the Beatles. I, I love their music. And I love Punjabi folk songs. I love classical music. I'm, I'm a real, I'm, I love rock songs. I was listening to Ronnie James Dio the other night, you know. The M, Ronnie yeah. Neal. No, that's a bad impression, Ronnie James Dio. Um, but, but you love like, music, yeah. So, but that's yeah. your switch off. So that's what you do too. I love music. I love badminton. Play a lot of badminton. Joined a little club, a little Asian club. Are you competitive? Very. <laughs> Very competitive. Yeah, yeah. Do you have to win all the time? Well, it's not. Well, I don't have. You've got to, to be number one on stage. You've got to be the best. You've got to have the number one restaurant. Well, no, You've got no, to have the number I mean, one pharmacy. No, I don't have to be number one. We, we. I, I just naturally take that. You know, it's like um, <laughs> I slot into that position. It just you happens. You don't want to sing. You don't want to sing after me. <laughs> um, but I mean, I with badminton, you know, you get a little bit. You know, if somebody's not trying hard enough, I'll have a little word with them. Okay, fair enough. I, I want to jump to the cook school that mm. you've got. Are you actively involved in the cook school? No, my wife runs out. Okay. Because she needs to do something. I'm just joking. <laughs> if you listen to this. Um, no, my wife and I always had this dream of having... So we, we built a cook school. Well, first of all, we started at Motherwell College about four years ago. And then what happened was we um, moved it to Motherwell College. The problem was when you're renting a college, um, you'd walk in and the gas wasn't working and this wasn't working and they wouldn't, the doors wouldn't open. You're not Se- fully in control. Security thought we were ISIS every time we came in, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to laugh at that. Questions. Um, I'm like, oh, what's going on here? There's too much security. We, we couldn't get customers in. and So we ended up um, building a restaurant and um, converting one of our restaurants in Linwood into a cook school. And then that, le- that it was bound, doing really well. And then the lease came to an end. And then we decided to build it in our office. So we've now built it in our, we've got a little headquarters in Crow Road. And so we've converted the whole of downstairs to a cook school. And I was there this morning, went up before I came here. And there was a couple of American tourists in. Um, who'd booked from America, you know, and um, uh, we had a little sing song, a little Beatles sing song before I left, and uh, it was beautiful. Oh, the cook school. I, I really see me in going into retirement, taking a few classes, you know, teaching people how to cook things like um, lambuna, which is my favourite dish, cooking things like um, my wife cooks brilliant rice, really good fried rice, and chapatis. You oh, know. I love chapati. And I'm going to get my mum in. My mum, my we, we had a class called Three Aunties Class where my mum and her two crazy pals would come in and show her how to make chapatis and, and it was the best class ever. It was fun. My mum was telling me, like I was cooking, my mum was like, oh, no, you're doing that wrong. I'm like, mum, don't do say you that. Record, do you video this stuff? Hey, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, we stick it on our, on, on our cook school um, um, Facebook page. 
But yeah, yeah, sometimes. But you know, we 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 always I'm just thinking because you're a, you're an entrepreneur, so you're constantly thinking of you know what's the next thing, what what else can I do. I'm thinking that's a whole new. I'm going to say like Gordon Ramsay sort of like TV show in the making, isn't it? Yeah, I, I love the cook school, and I, in October I'm planning to go out to India to to do to film some stuff with uh, Nick Lowe's, a friend of mine, um, runs a BBC production company, not BBC, but does a lot of work for the BBC. But I just said, Nick, this I'm not really. Let, let's just make the show for YouTube anyway, and if somebody wants to pick up on it, great. If not, I'm, I'm, I don't really care. You just want to get the word out there again it's not because yeah. you want to be famous you want to be a presenter you just actually you're so passionate about what you what you do you're passionate about everything that you that you do well I think everyone wants to be famous but you just stand in the queue there must be a million kids who want to be famous you know and I'm an old man now it's not as if um, I'm gonna get, you know, I've, I've got a face for radio but I'll, t- I'll tell you the way we could monetize it entirely if that's the question is that we'll go on YouTube and people watch and then come to the restaurant and I'm at the restaurant on the weekends and I, and I jam I said um, last night I was there Friday night we had, had a sing song with customers Funny, it was a quite a funny situation. Oh, I love that, yeah. Yesterday, um, I fell through a door. <laughs> How did I, you fall well, through I was, a door? I was playing the guitar in my restaurant, and somebody walked up the stairs, and I looked at them at the funny angle, trying to work out who they were, because I had my glasses on, and I fell through a cupboard with, with my guitar. <laughs> did someone video this? Yes. No, no, they didn't video. No, but we we laughed about it. We laughed about. it <laughs> are you okay? Yeah, yes. You make me laugh at all the most inappropriate things. That, yeah. <laughs> but you are okay. And in terms of actually, what makes you tick? All of this. I mean, I feel like I'm exhausted listening to everything that you do. I think I have a busy life, and then I listen to you. Is what is it then that actually makes you tick? So it's not the know, money. It's yeah, not the. Can I be cheesy about this? Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. this, it, it, Different things make. People take in different ways at a certain age in your life. You know, when I was 30, you know, I want to be successful. It would be quite nice to be known, get a bit of respect in business and customers to like you. And I think now it's all about, um, I'd really want, if I'm part of the whole process of making people happy, like if I'm in the pharmacy, for example, um, and somebody's come in and they're confused about something and I've solved the problem, people in life have got, so many things I, I get this now they've got so many things they're battling behind the scenes mm. and I say this to, I mean, there was a, a wee guy used to come in a wheelchair in Tinverary and one of my staff barred him from coming in because he used to swear at the staff but he had mental health problems and this wee guy couldn't get into a pharmacy the next pharmacy was 30 miles up the road so I turned up and I said first thing he's unbarred you, you cannot let this man you let him down and the other thing is you have responsibility in healthcare as a professional I don't care if he's been rude to you. You have to absorb that. And mm. and before you know it, I'm the, boy, the man was in tears. I brought him back into the shop and I said, ladies, just to announce, you know, Mr. X is, uh, is, um, is coming back <laughs> and he will be a lot nicer to you and he will try not to swear. If he does swear, he'll stand at the door and swear, you know. So that sort of stuff. But that, that's a small example of when I walk in the restaurant, I met somebody at the weekend and got talking to them and they had a little business problem. You know, their, their, their lease, somebody kicked them out of a lease, they'd built this little unit. And I think it's a big relief talking to me about, I mm. said, look, what can I do to help? And, and you know, if, if, you, if you, even when you're recommending a good dish to somebody, it's, that, it's little bundles of love. That's what I call it. If I can have more bundles of love, like when I was, when I was playing um, the festival, the, I was singing at the West End Festival in, in Ashton Lane, and I clocked my, my two boys in the middle of about a thousand people standing watching me, oh. smiling, right? My son, my, my 10-year-old was on the, on the back of my 25-year-old. And it was, and it's on, it's on, the pictures are on Facebook. It's the most beautiful picture taken by one of my good friends. And it's bundles of love and joy. I love that stuff. Don't want to deal with the confrontations anymore. Don't like arguing with people. I avoid it. I still have to do it because when you're running a band in a business, you have to be confrontational. You've got to get things done. And yeah, and people stand in your way. 
Mm-hmm. And you have to deal with it. You know, how do you deal with it in a better manner? When you're managing, it's people don't understand how hard it is to manage people. I mean, the hardest things to manage, not things are things. They do what they're doing. The randomness comes from from people, you know, and, and I'm, I'm at the age now where I really don't want a lot of stuff. You know, I don't want to deal with a lot of stuff. Um, but I've got a lovely guy like I'll talk to. There's a service where I've got in Ashton Lane just now. The nicest guy from India. Sports, he does sports medicine. And just talking, he's so respectful and he can't be nice enough to me. And, and I'm trying to be as extremely nice back to him as possible. And um, just a pleasure talking to guys like him and young guys who are working, you know, working 50 hours a week in the restaurant and studying and studying at uni doing an MSc. Bundles of love. Brilliant. What's your advice though? And not necessarily in business, dealing with people that are just difficult people. You just deal with them. Head How? On. Yeah, we give, head, head on. on. Massive. Take them out. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. I had a problem with somebody who um, we'd brought in to do a bit of work for us and um, really didn't deliver and didn't turn up to work one day, got drunk the night before. And you don't do that with me. And sat him down straight away on Saturday morning. And this, this guy's travelled a lot. I said, you're off home. Um, your attitude doesn't work for me. He was devastated. I said... You know, so and you've got to do things like that. You've got to. I always say to people, deal with things head on, there and then. Don't waste any time. I'm too fast at dealing with stuff. If I don't like something, I've got to say it quite quickly. Just deal with it. It's not. It's. Do you go with your gut instinct? Always, Mm. always. I know when something's not going to work, and I and I don't like it. I don't like upsetting people, even when they're wrong. You know, it's a real problem for me when I say something to somebody that's really upset them because I had to say it to save my business because the way you've got to look at your business is like your child it's like your child you oh know? your baby of course absolutely. absolutely and would you want somebody to slap your baby mm. you know would you want somebody to call your baby, baby ugly I mean there'll be some people on TripAdvisor I mean, I, if, if somebody if somebody complains about a meal I have no issues with that it's when somebody says oh and this restaurant's rubbish and you know I had somebody on the phone oh yeah well you know and this is the, the beginning of the end Twitter's bad for that. Yeah. And I'm People like, spout out. I'll just go, well, how did you work at Spig in the end? Just because you had a bad meal in my restaurant. <laughs> well, you know, somebody else had a good meal. What, what was wrong with you? I mean, you, you know, there's an over I think, I think the thing about, I think TripAdvisor is great, you know, because it really does, it informs me how my business is doing. It lets people also vent their frustration mm-hmm. when they've had a bad meal. But, you know, sometimes they just complain the wrong way. Yeah, I, th- I think you complain about it tangibly and, you don't sort of say things like, and you know, it's it's just this is the beginning, of the end, and no wonder nobody likes this place. And I'm like, well, wait, you know, it never from? puts me off when we go on holiday. My husband is obsessed with let's go on to TripAdvisor and read the reviews. Never puts me off if there's a negative review. Yeah. I, I because I in my mind I yeah. think I'll make up my own mind. Yes. that might be your experience, exactly. but actually, tomorrow's well, a new day. The way I respond entirely, somebody a certain TripAdvisor were too expensive, right? Because I mean, a, a chicken tikka masala would be thirty ninety five, whatever. You might get it for eight ninety five and. Salmonella tandoori down the road, God knows, right? <laughs> but um, so somebody complained and said, "You're too expensive." And I said, "Well, no, 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 we're not too expensive. You just can't afford to eat here." But there's oh. several restaurants out there that you can afford to eat in. This is a show cash to lean. You've got to have self-respect in business. Mm-hmm. I sort of got that from. Uh, I remember. I don't. I'm not particularly keen on celebrity chefs like Gordon Ramsay, Jamie Oliver. I can't stand Jamie Oliver. I know he's well, it's not been great for Jamie him, Oliver recently, has that. it? That's that's. That, I feel sorry for him because restaurants closing down. That is that is a real heartache because that 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 is proper senior managers who might not get like for like positions. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Jamie Oliver. Great. I even think he's very average as a celebrity chef. I don't know why people buy into him. But Gordon Ramsay always had this... Um, I, I remember watching a show that he was on and um, 
you know, when the staff come in and drink in the bar in their own restaurant and then the customers can't get in and he cleared that. Um, and I always, I always remember him saying once, you know, don't let the customer tell you what to put in your menu. You know, <laughs> you know, can you imagine you tell them what you put in the menu and you show them how good it is. You know, we present from within. Self-belief, so yeah. yeah. So somebody came in to give you an example, right? We don't, we don't have a children's menu in a short, we just say have a half portion of curry and mm -hmm. we'll charge you half the price. Simple. Makes sense. Simple math. Half for everything, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and we give you a bit of ice cream at the end, you know. Uh, oh, well, you have a children's menu. Well, you know, we like chicken nuggets. So this, oh, trip advice, oh, chicken nuggets, oh, chicken nuggets, children's menu in the show car, this place is going downhill. So I just I wrote back and said, look, I'm really sorry, but see if your child doesn't eat curry, don't come to an Indian restaurant, take them to a brewer's fair. Yeah, you know what because, you're going to get. Yeah. You want chicken nuggets? I'm not serving chicken nuggets. <laughs> I waste my time in chicken nuggets. I love the fact you're so hands-on. Sanjay, what is next for you? I'm intrigued to know. Okay, I don't think you'll ever retire, but I'm intrigued to know. I know you'd love your own radio show. What? But what's next? What can do I get you want your job? Next? Can I get your job? No, I'm just, <laughs> yes. I'll never get your job. Gina, you're way too good. No. And Gina, Gina McKay, she's a beautiful person. I'm, I'm here because Aww. I really adore this girl. Really, really <laughs> like. I only just met her a few months back when she did a little function for us and she was fantastic. But um, I, I want to do cook shows in terms of I want to do some food shows in India. Um, I really want to see where I can take the Bangor Beatles. Um, and um, I'm not going to do anything industrial. So I, a bit more cooking, cook school stuff, singing, and I'll probably be in the, in the restaurant at the weekends, you know. Um, the pharmacy, my older son's a pharmacist now, so he, he can hopefully the next few years watch over the shops. And pharmacy's a little bit rigid, you know. It's, it is what it is, you know. Our product's the same as Boots. Mm -hmm. the, the only thing difference in every pharmacy is service. You get the same drug, you know. My bendrofluoside isn't better than the bendrofluoside of, you know. Shall we buy my paracetamol from you? Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Ours have got turmeric in it, you know. Oh yeah, no, um, okay. Curry paracetamol, but um, no, I think I think just a bit more bundles of love, and I think I'm getting that with the Bangor Beatles. I'm getting that with my cook school, and definitely at the Ashoka at the weekends. Um, you know, I'll be in there working, and I, I see me. Just doing that, to be oh, honest. Oh, I love that. What is the main website for people to find you or are you going to finish this off now with your Check Me Out on YouTube? It's a... Uh, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Ashoka, The Full Buna. Um, and um, you can find me everywhere. Just Google me. In fact, my kids used to <laughs> slag me off because they say that to people. If you don't know, just Google me, you know. Even the bad stuff's up there. You, you'll find us at Ashoka and the pharmacies and, and I'm everywhere, you know. And you can book Sanji for an inspirational talk. I think that's also part of what you're doing as well. People love to learn. People love to know how do you I love make people it happen. In small business, you know. See if somebody we are we are dying in this culture. The rates are killing people. The costs are killing people. And anybody who wants to do a small business, I'll my my, my advice is for free, and um, I'll even pay for the for the pakora. You know, um, I, I really admire people that uh, are trying to make small business work. Oh, I love that. If you're listening to this, then you have to contact Sanjay, at least pop into the show and you'll, you'll see him there still cleaning the bots. But Gina, have you, have you still got brains. more than five years listening to this stuff? Or is there a few <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Can I'm I just joking. tell you, Sanjay has actually come in uh, with his guitar, but can we save that for another podcast? Yes, He's yes. come in, but we'll save that for I another... I tuned it. It's a 12-string guitar as well. I'll play I know, tuned it's well. fabulous. I know. <laughs> oh, Sanjay, there's only one Sanjay Magic, and thank you so much for coming in. What a joy. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Do I get 10% off next time I come in? 20. <laughs> 20. Gina. Life. Love. And laughter. Like and share us. And come back for the next episode next week.